Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Are you actually interested in winning for liberty? Do we actually need a brand new political formula to actually make it happen? And what would that new formula be? Well, apparently, Aron McIntyre of The Blaze has some thoughts, just not exactly complete thoughts, and that's a problem. Also, apparently, we have an end to the Israeli-Hamas war, thanks to the Oakland City Council. Uh, say what? Also, Satan is taking over the National Railroad Museum for Christmas in my hometown. Because apparently it's a WTF Wednesday. I'm Andrew Coppins, and this is Critical Thinking. Good WTF Wednesday to you all. I hope you are doing well. Thank you for tuning in to Critical Thinking, and we're going to do some critical thinking for sure today. We'll also have a little bit of fun with some WTF Wednesday in the backside involving chopsticks, Satan, and ending of wars like 6,000 miles away. Yeah, what the fire truck, folks. What the absolute fire truck. Now, we're going to start, though, by talking about winning for liberty because this has been a focus of this program for a while. But one of the things that I've been thinking through is What's the plan? What's the idea? What is the coalescing narrative or theme that everybody is going to get behind? Because you'll notice if you look at the Team GOP, if you look at Trump versus DeSantis, it's become a personality conflict and uh, who can meme better on Twitter pissing contest, if you will. There's not really a ton of disagreement or really anybody highlighting an actual plan for the country. It's become personal, not planning. And the reason I have a problem with that is because it comes from this place of they don't understand what time it is. They don't understand what's going on, where we need to be, what we're doing, and where our society actually is. But 
Aron McIntyre wrote a piece in The Blaze that I actually think is worth looking at titled, For the Right to Win It Needs a New Formula. A new formula. What, what is that new formula? What is it? But before we get there, the centerpiece of the argument surrounds political theorist Gaetano Musca, who wrote about the idea that there's political formulas and it's really all about power and the narrative of sovereignty. Now, before we get way too deep into the woods, just think of it like this, right? We see it in things like the divine right of kings, the theory of that, right? We see it in direct elections. We see it in the Magna Carta or other constitutions or written government documents. We've seen it in um, direct democracies versus republics. We've seen it in, well, we elected people and they formed committees and they get their expertise out there. Or, wait, we're going to craft legislation but we're really going to make bureaucracies that are going to do the work that we should be doing. So that's what we're talking about when we talk about narrative of sovereignty and uh, political formulas. But McIntyre notes that really any system of governance must actually have an aura of legitimacy. In fact, actually, let me go ahead and just use his words for you. Because McIntyre says the following in the piece, any ruling class that seeks to achieve longevity and stability must establish a narrative that both that rings true both to itself and its subjects. Establishing legitimacy through a shared set of beliefs. For our current managerial elite, that narrative is one of efficiency and progress, but that narrative now sits on a razor's edge. What, what do you say about that? Well, he continues further to tell us the following. While the political formula of our own liberal democracy tells us the people of a nation are sovereign over themselves, this can never be the case. The political formula's role is to elevate one group above all others and grant that group exceptional powers and privileges. This narrative works best when it is drawn from shared elements of culture and tradition that allow the ruling class to confidently wield their power and the subject class to freely accept its legitimacy. This means that the story told must be particular to the character of the nation that it sustains. Now, I want to stop right there. Because I think he's exactly right. When we take a look at our own Declaration of Independence... This is actually exactly what they're saying when the ties that bind are no longer there. That we need to end that political system and devise one that actually has a mandate of the governed. One that has legitimate power. Basically, the Declaration of Independence is you have no legitimate power over us because you don't allow us a voice in our own governance. You are making laws that dictate to us without our own input. That's basically boiling it all down. But let me ask you a question as we fast forward from 1776, if you will, to today. Whom are the ones that are wielding the power 
And is it legitimate to Iran? And I agree with him on this. It's a managerial class, or as I like to call it, the expert elite. Nonetheless, there's a group who is running the show. And largely, it's a group that none of us have been bothered to give that power to at all. We have had no say in their power. In fact, Iran says the following. In the United States and other Western liberal democracies, the political formula became one of elections and popular sovereignty. The people were theoretically sovereign, but they immediately transferred that power to a small class of elected officials who ruled in their name. While this is still the official narrative, the actual framework of these nations has moved to a managerial system, and the political formula has been slowly shifted to align with this reality over time. Thousand percent agree with this. Think about today's American democracy, if you will. Think about it from what took place in COVID-19, and I talked about this and pointed this out yesterday. It's as stark and as real as this, and as simple as this. Trump was actually given a choice. Freedom versus medical tyranny. Medical freedom versus medical tyranny. What do I mean by this? Well, he had one expert, our Lord, Savior, President, Dr. Anthony Fauci, excuse me, the science trademark, the truth registered trademark, Lord, Savior, President, Dr. Anthony Fauci, right? And then the other expert that was brought in by some people within his inner circle, Scott Atlas. They were diametrically opposed. One believed in medical freedom, one believed that we shouldn't be locking down. One believed that we shouldn't be mandating this or mandating that because he was following data and science. And the other saying that we should because he was following another set of data and another set of science. Who won? It wasn't Scott Atlas because within a couple of months of him being around and him being ignored around every corner by Donald Trump. We got the tyranny. Team GOP's champion, right? Donald Trump chose tyranny, chose the managerial class. Anthony Fauci had been around at the NIH or the NIAI or whatever. It's been around my entire life and I'm 42 years old. He has been around my entire life in the bureaucracy and managerial class. And Donald Trump, instead of listening to somebody who said, hang on a second, we don't need managerial classes. We can allow the people to hear the information and choose for themselves. They chose the tyrannical side. One said nah to the managerial class. The other is the managerial class. And that's the direction of MAGA forever. Um, um, orange man, bow down. Who wanted to flip the double bird to their local and their state governments, locking them down and doing this and doing that, right? Yet at the very top, they sent no signal of medical freedom. They sent a signal of medical tyranny. That was Donald Trump's choice. They, Trump had a choice, freedom or tyranny, 
and he chose tyranny. Now think about this too. How often do you see our bills written in Congress and in the Senate that are left largely blank or basically say, as written by XYZ agency, or they're literally handing the rulemaking over to the agency, to the quote-unquote experts, to the expert class, to the managerial system. Think about which staffers are largely writing. In fact, I, I will say this. If you're a fan of the show Big Brother on CBS, ironic, I know, but there was somebody, uh, Mecole, who was a Washington, D.C., I believe Senate, if not Congress. I forget which one. It doesn't really matter. She was a staffer for somebody on Capitol Hill. And her proudest achievement was writing a bill. How many of those things happen in which they're writing the bills that their direct representative or their direct senator are voting on and they've never actually seen them? let alone written them themselves. They're not crafting the legislation. They're not doing anything. Here's a simple question. Who elected the staffers? Who elected the bureaucrats at the FBI, the CDC, you know, the alphabet soup of the bureaucracies? Nobody. But, but Andrew, we gave the power to... Congress and the Senate to... No. See, we gave them power to create some of these organizations, and then we could have taken that power away by electing people who said, now nah, we're not going to do this, right? That's the power that we could hold in this scenario, except for the managerial class figured out that they could actually hold the power over Congress. Now, let me ask you this furthermore. How many stories of the end around do we have to see of the NSA, the CIA, the FBI, where they contract with private businesses to provide them with the information that they legitimately have no right to under the Constitution or that they must go to painstaking means, meaning they actually have to get warrants for? How many times have they abused the secret, quote-unquote, FISA warrant program We don't have any say in that. They are literally abusing and going to the quote-unquote experts in the private sector to end around their constitutional guideposts. What's our recourse in that? Now, all of this is pointed out as well by McIntyre, and he's absolutely correct in that the American governmental system has been handed over to academia to the expert class, to the managerial system, whatever title you want to put on it. There's no actual oversight or pullback by we the people. We've never consented to any of that. There's no legitimacy in any of that. But McIntyre says the following. While the managerial class based its new political formula on the notion of science and expertise, that narrative is itself under assault. The miracle of progress promised by managerialism held sway for many decades, but it was always a bloodless and spiritually dead ideology that was doomed to be replaced as soon as it stopped reliably dispensing material benefits. And those material benefits stopped 
about 15, 20 years ago because we all, well, not all of us, but those in academia, those in the elite circles in the managerial class believed in what? Climate change, global warming, then it was global cooling, now it's climate change. It, we're supposed to all be dead by 2020. I mean, 2000 from articles in 1988. We're still all here. The no, no nation has sunk under the rising oceanic issues and this, that, and everything else. But there's a question for you. Okay, if that's the case, if we know that there's a bunch of unelected bureaucrats in a managerial system, what are we supposed to do about all of this? What what are we supposed to do about it? Well, McIntyre sees opportunity right now because there's absolute infighting because as he rightfully points out in that previous slide that I showed you, that their power has ceased to really be at a mandate level inside the managerial class or inside the people who are wielding the power. He goes on to say the following. Managerialism promised efficiency and productivity through meritocracy. Wokeness insists that diversity is the key to reaching these goals. Managerialism claimed science as the only legitimate source of knowledge. Wokeness insists that science is a deeply racist endeavor. Math Punctuality, accurate timekeeping, and value, uh, valuing productivity are all declared to be relics of quote-unquote white supremacy. This deconstruction of the managerial political formula issues mainly from academia, the media, corporate human resource departments, and other institutions that were largely founded by the managerial elite themselves. Okay, all of that is true. Let's stipulate all of that being true. What are we actually supposed to be doing about it? Right? Are we supposed to somehow come up with our own managerial class that brings back some sort of legitimacy? Or do we fight for liberty in principles and bring those back to the table and say, this is what America is supposed to be about. And we're done with both wokeness and the managerial class. Instead, we're going to focus on the individual and a revival of our God-given rights. Is that what is that what we're going to do here? Are we supposed to take advantage of a power struggle with, well, here's where Aram McIntyre's article goes off the rails for me because I, I'm not really sure what he's trying to say because there's actually no concrete plan or idea, just words. And, and watch this. This is the end of the article for you, folks. The absolute end. This circulation of elites and the attempt to shift America's political formula have caused great upheaval inside the ruling class. These dynamic move moments often create opportunities for those who have been shut out of the ruling coalition. Now, that is absolutely true, by the way, but he continues. While the left has secured near hegemonic control of America's most powerful institutions, the instability created by the leftist's internal power struggle opens space for right-wing counter-elites to maneuver and possibly capture ground. 
but to do so, the right must forge its own political formula that will communicate a compelling vision of the future and prove itself capable of executing on that vision. I absolutely 100% agree with the premise. But do you see the problem? That's the end of the article. There's no suggestion. There's no, hey, I think this is the political formula. This is the narrative that we should drive home. These are the things that we should be believing in and instituting and putting in place. Now, I will say this. If we are looking at Team GOP, there's one, one, one person who has shown a plan, executed on the plan, and had that counteroffensive, if you will. And that person is actually Ron DeSantis. If we want to look at a potential plan, that's it. Now, how do you take it from Florida to the national level is a different question. But how much of the discussion from Ron DeSantis has been about that versus trying to do something about Donald Trump? How much of his airtime and space, if you will, been taken up by that versus, no, we're not doing that. I don't care about that. I care about the American public and the American people and counteracting this unelected bureaucratic BS because he actually has that record. That's the funny part. He can show a record of doing exactly that. He has it in what he did with the the new college of Florida, what they did with Joseph Latipo and, and uh, the Florida department of health, right? The legislation about Disney and this, that, and everything else, the managerial class is under attack in Florida. In fact, licensure has gotten easier, not harder. And, and that's a good thing as far as I'm concerned. And what do I mean by easier instead of harder? Well, if you're in South Carolina, can you get a, get a license in Florida? Ah, uh, yeah. It has made certain things not need a license that previously needed a license because it was idiotic to actually have to have a license for said thing. We can go on and on. There's actually somebody who has it, but he's failing to communicate it efficiently, effectively, and in, in any sort of way that the American people are going to connect with. So the question is, is it a new political formula or is it a revival that we need? I think that's the question. But I don't see anybody effectively communicating that. And that's the problem from the right, from Team GOP, whatever title you want to give it. The problem is, I don't know what the plan looks like. I don't know what the basic principles are. I don't know the path that you want to drive forward. Give me a five-year plan. Give me a vision for how you deal with the realities of academia, the CDC, the all, all the apparatuses of government that exist. Give me a plan for how how you execute against people who literally want to destroy Republican government. 
Has anybody just said it as starkly as that? There are people in this government who want to destroy the foundation of the government. And I won't stand for it. And if you elect me, that will be my goal. Because I have very little to do with the economy. I have very little to do with a lot of things. My role is an executive role, and I am going to execute a plan that focuses on your liberty, on your independence, and on your pursuit of happiness. And that means that people telling you what is good for you ends. And that means we're going to eliminate all sorts of the managerial class within our government as a model for what we need to do in our society writ large. Who is saying that? It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I don't hear any of the Team GOP saying it. I barely hear libertarians saying it, and when I do hear it, it is from libertarians that have no cachet whatsoever on a national scale. I don't hear it from them. So where's the plan? Because there are people who say, yeah, I would like to follow Now, we have laid out on this program in the past all plan, but it's a plan that's focused on you first. Then your community, meaning your friends, your family, and then your local town, village, municipality, then build, build, build. But I don't know if we have time to simply just slowly build We have to break down while building. And we need somebody who recognizes the need to break down the managerial class and insert freedom into that vacuum. But do we even know how to take hold of freedom when somebody gives it to us? I don't know. And I think that's the bigger lift. And that's why, as we watch the breakdown, we have to be doing the reviving of liberty within our own lives, within teaching our families, within practicing principles, within fellowship instead of coalitions. 
I, I don't know how else we get out of this without some very dark, dark, dark times ahead. Now, speaking of which, we're going to talk about that in our WTF segment. But before we get there, folks, do not forget, you can go and visit our fine friends over at coffeebrandcoffee.com if you need a great pick-me-up that doesn't involve your politics, their politics, any politics, just focused on really good coffee. Currently, they still have up their last chance Cyber Monday deal, fifty per, up to 50% off of different uh, holiday items, coffee, tea, um, some of their hot chocolate as well, up to 50% off. Now, if that's not on offer, when you get to coffeebrandcoffee.com, you can enter the promo code CRITICALTHINKER at checkout for 10% off of your purchase today. Go to coffeebrandcoffee.com, enter the promo code CRITICALTHINKER at checkout for 10% off of your purchase today, where coffee, not politics, is the number one focus. All right, folks, it's Wednesday, so it is a great time for us to go in to WTF Wednesday. And what better way to start off WTF Wednesday than we've got an end to the Israeli-Hamas war because Oakland's city council has mandated it. You see, if they manifest it enough, it'll just happen and... And, um, you know, the, the, the terrorists will just give up and they won't murder any more innocent Israelis, innocent Americans, people from all over the globe. They won't do that anymore. It's all good because Oakland, Oakland, California has said so. Yeah, what you need to know about this is that a city, the city council actually had two votes yesterday. Or maybe it was on Monday. I'm not totally sure on this. It might have been on Monday. But anyway, they voted unanimously to end the Israeli-Hamas conflict. Thank God, as I said, for that. Knew it would end if Oakland's city council just voted for it. But before they did that, they also took a vote on a resolution condemning Hamas in its murderous, thuggish ways. That was voted down six to two. But before they got a chance to vote, the crazies of the crazies in Oakland, um, well, I, I keep saying let them speak and then let them own their own poop. Shine a light. And I'm about to shine a light on exactly how bad, nuts, crazy the pro-terrorist pro-Hamas group actually is. There's not been beheadings of babies and rapings. Israel murdered their own people on October 7th. Calling Hamas a terrorist organization is ridiculous, racist, and plays into genocidal propaganda that is flooding our media and that we should be doing everything possible to combat. I support the right of Palestinians to resist occupation, including through Hamas, the armed wing of the unified Palestinian resistance. As an Arab, asking with this context to condemn Hamas is very anti-Arab racist. The notion that this was a massacre of Jews is a fabricated narrative. Many of those killed on October 7th, you, your time is up. including children, were killed by the IDF. An amendment condemning Hamas is bald propaganda meant to... Thank you. Your time is up. To hear them complain about Hamas violence is like listening to a wife beater complain when his wife finally stands up and fights back. Question. 
Did anyone else notice that those who oppose this resolution are old white supremacists? There's been a lot of atrocity propaganda ranging from claims of beheaded babies to mass rape. Hamas is not a terrorist organization just because the U.S. and Israel um, deems it so. Hamas is a resistance organization that is fighting for the liberation of Palestinian people and their land. What land? They didn't own that land. They never have owned that land. There's been arbitrary borders forever. These people are nuts. What the fire truck are they even talking about? Now, is it true that there might not have been like 300 babies or 30 babies? There might have only been 10, 15. Does it matter? Hamas was raping women, shoving them into ovens, beheading people, just the worst of the worst. And you know how we know it? Not just by people who've been there and have seen those atrocities and have seen the bodies, but also from those who are being released as hostages and seeing the savagery that happened to them and the stories that they are currently telling us. Oh, that's right, because the Jews are all liars, except for Hamas actually had tunnels under the hospital that you told us they didn't have and and that they were murdering their own people as they fled because they needed to keep them there in order for Israel not to go after them in the tunnels. And, and the ceasefire, by the way, stopped last night if you weren't paying attention because, um, oh, that's right, Hamas and other is, um, is, uh, Islamic terrorist organizations began firing rockets and bullets at the Israeli Defense Force again. So, so much for that ceasefire. Shine a light because you're insane. And nobody, but nobody should take you seriously. And the fact that the Oakland City Council is on the side of that speaks volumes. Get the hell out of Oakland. Just go. It is an irredeemable hellhole. Move like the A's want to move. Move like the Golden State Warriors hop, skipped, and jumped across the Golden Gate Bridge or whatever, Bay Bridge or whatever bridge, back to San Francisco because they couldn't handle you guys anymore and your insanity. Just go. Now, this from the WTF category, Satanic Christmas. Now, is it true that some paganistic traditions, like bringing a tree from the inside during winter, have become part of the Christmas tradition of Western society? Absolutely it has. But Christmas was not about paganism. Christmas is about what? The celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ, whether that actually happened at Christmas time, physically, or it happened some other time in the calendar we don't know we don't actually know that time okay whatever is it more likely that it might have happened in september based off of our romantic calendar versus uh december possibly this is the moment in which we celebrate the birth of our lord and savior jesus christ let me read this from wbay channel 2 the abc affiliate in green bay wisconsin A decorated tree at the National Railroad Museum's annual Festival of Trees is generating controversy. 
It was decorated by the Satanic Temple of Wisconsin. Now, this tree happens to have inverted crosses, satanic symbolism, pentagrams, snakes rounding about the tree, like ribbons were supposed to be wrapped around trees to represent Jesus Christ. So they have to wrap a snake because, uh, well, apparently that's a representation of Satanism. Here's the good news. The Catholic bishop, David Ricken of the Diocese of Green Bay, um, not having it, issued the following statement, quote, allowing a traditional understanding of Christmas to be usurped and desecrated by an organization slash cult is divisive during a time of the year in which we come together in unity as a community. Here's the thing that's missing in this, but I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. He continues saying that Christmas celebrates the birth of Jesus Christ. Displaying a Christmas tree with bright red lights, inverted crosses, pentagrams, and other satanic symbolism with a snake wrapped around the tree where our Savior belongs is not something families and children should be exposed to at any time, but most especially during this Christmas season. The tree is offensive and harms the unity and joy that the Christmas season brings. Absolutely right. Now, I will say this. Do we have the right to, to not be offended? Not necessarily. We have the right to... We, we don't have that right. But also, this would be akin to Christians demanding something during Hanukkah, right? Like, uh, they're going to light the menorah, but, but you must also light up the Christmas tree every night. Or you might have to put a cross on the menorah. What? Or do something during Ramadan, right? Or the countless other Islamic traditional moments on the calendar. This isn't about your right to not be offended. This is simply this. Christians are celebrating a holiday. You have chose to commercialize said holiday but you don't recognize the actual reason for the season. You don't actually practice the season. So you know what? We're going to allow everybody to do this. Where does it stop? What is the point in which, oh, wait, this is insane. A railroad museum that is about family fun. Trust me on that. It also hosts one of the best haunted houses I have ever seen, if you're into that sort of thing. During Halloween, you want to put up a satanic tree or some BS, do it during Halloween. Go for it. But families don't have the ability to say nah, because they if you if the bishop didn't make a stink about this, nobody would know about it. And thus, when they're going to the festival of trees, and by the way, if you've never been to the National Railroad Museum, I suggest going if you ever get to Green Bay for a Packer game or whatever have you. Going to Lambeau Field, it is a really cool experience. You see uh, the history of the railroads in this country. You can take a railroad ride. Um, many people have never done it. Um, you can um, see a bunch of really cool things. And most importantly... Um, there's also some uh, sometimes the Polar Express type stuff and during the holidays. They just do really, really cool things, except for now. Why? Whom thought? Let, you know what? Let's let the satanic. What are they going to sue you for? 
This is simple. This is about Christmas. This is a Christmas tree. And your Christmas tree proposition is antithetical, literally the antichrist to Christmas. It's okay around every corner to offend Christians during holy seasons and holy times. Totally cool. Totes awesome. But Christians standing up and saying, nah, you don't get to do this to us. That's wrong. Oh, well, this started as a pagan. It doesn't matter how it started. It, the reality is how it's being celebrated now. The Christmas tree is symbolic in some respects of the reason for the season. That's the reality of this. Would you allow the manger to be taken over and, and Jesus is the devil? National Railroad Museum? Are you taking it down today? Have you given a statement? Have you said, sorry, oops, yeah, we probably should have said, you know what, that's probably not family-friendly because that's the reality of who's going to the National Railroad Museum at this time? They do things during Easter. They have a 4th of July stuff. They do all sorts of stuff. That's nuts. Families don't. Families didn't have a choice prior. Did families know about this and have a choice? No, but instead you have to expose and then explain to them Satanism during Christmas? No. Do I understand the Satanic Temple's attempt here? 100% understand what they're attempting to do. But the only religion right now that is seemingly we can offend is Christianity during its holy season, during its second most holy time of the year, next to Lenten and the Easter season. As we head towards Advent, this is where we're going? Really? Really? That's what we're doing here? Man, speaking of nuttery, uh, Gretchen Whitmer, I mean Whitmer, signs into law in Michigan a bill that's going to require 100% clean energy in the state of Michigan by 2040. That's right, folks. By 2040, all energy produced in the state of Michigan must be clean, quote, from the article. The adjusted timeline requires hitting clean energy targets along the way to 2024, or 2040, excuse me, with an 80% clean energy standard by 2035, a renewable standard of 50% by 2030, and 60% by 2035. Quote, clean energy doesn't necessarily have to come from renewable sources, hence the different targets outlined in the legislation. Senate Bill 271 states that clean energy sources generate electricity without emitting greenhouse gases. That includes nuclear generation and natural gas generation that can capture 90% of carbon emissions. A renewable energy source, quote, minimizes the output of toxic material in the conversion of energy, according to the bill. And in, uh, includes electricity generated by wind, solar, and hydroelectric facilities, as well as certain biomass and methane gas productions, depending on how they are generated. Energy sources like petroleum, nuclear, coal, and industrial waste are not considered renewable. 
It gets worse, though. To help achieve clean energy goals, Whitmer also signed legislation giving the Michigan Public Service Commission the power to approve zoning applications for some solar and wind energy projects. Proponents see the shift from local zoning authorities to state regulators as a way to support the construction of energy facilities needed to meet the new clean energy benchmarks. A separate bill in the package approved by Whitmer authorizes solar facilities to be placed on farmland. That's right, folks. Guess what? You've got no sovereignty. You've bought the land. You own it. You've got the deed to the property. Screw you, says the managerial class, because clean energy. This is exactly what we were talking about in the front of this show, and it needs to be shut down. This is nuts. You don't have any power over your land. You don't have any use of your land. And we can talk about eminent domain and its abuses. We can talk about civil asset forfeiture and its abuses and on and on and on. But it is all a byproduct of us ceding the power not to elected officials whom are directly responsible to us, but then them ceding their power and authority that we have given them to other people whom we've never given authority to, period, point blank. The state zoning authorities get to overrule anybody on a local level. Now, there's still more because as part of the clean energy package, Whitmer also signed further legislation to establish, quote, community and worker economic transition office within the Department of Labor and Economic Opportunity because we need more unelected bureaucrats focusing on easing any economic toll stemming from the clean energy transition from work or for workers with jobs tied to fossil fuel energy and internal combustion energy vehicles. The office must submit an economic transition plan to the governor and legislature by the end of 2025. I, they literally are telling you you're going to suffer and we're going to make you suffer to transition to something that, by the way, has yet to ever have any proven capabilities. It is nuts. There's no such thing as renewable energy, folks. No such thing. Because wind, solar, the electric vehicles, the <coughs> electric building, yes, can they lessen some impact? Uh, sure. But we have not found ways in which those old batteries that are useless can be renewed, number one. Number two, we're not finding ways currently to store them safely, to dispose of them safely. And by the way, renewable? Nuclear is not renewable? Nuclear is not clean? It is the most clean energy production that you could possibly find. Yeah, it's got waste. Absolutely it does. But guess what? It produces 1,000% clean energy, but it is absolutely not part of the climate change agenda for some strange reason. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't try to progress and, and figure out ways in which we can power vehicles or change how we travel and <clears throat> do all of those things because we've been doing that throughout human history. We invent the wheel, and that changes how we do things, and and then horses, and then horse and buggy, and then this, and then that, and then trains and automobiles, and this and that, right? We can invent new ways and new modes of transportation all the time. That's not what this is about. I'm not saying that. 
What I am saying is that this is nuts. Now, speaking of nuts, although not really nuts, um, I got a story for you, folks. Um, apparently, there's a person who suffered from a headache for not one, not two, not three, not four, but five months. Five months, they had a raging headache forever. Like, never could get rid of it. It wouldn't go away. Now, I would suggest that I would have gone into the doctor after, I don't know, four days, maybe a week, maybe two weeks, if you're being really unrealistic of having a continuous headache. Um, the problem... One night, five months prior to that, they got into a drunken bar fight in which somebody shoved chopsticks up their nose. That's right. The person was so drunk, got into a fight, had a person stick chopsticks up their nose, and never realized that they were lodged all the way up there for five months. Had no clue. Blackout drunk. No clue that chopsticks were up their nose for five months. The doctor successfully removed them, and the headache went right away. Imagine that. I'm going to leave you on that note, folks. I hope you have a good rest of your day. Please be smart, be safe, be kind. Make sure you eat all of your meals. And as always, Matthew 547. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.